It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They race down at uh, Central Missouri Speedway this weekend, and we'll talk about them a, a little bit uh, a little bit later in the show. We'll talk about what's going on. We've got a really good show lined up for you today. Brady Bacon is going to be joining us here in just a little bit. He picked up his first World of Outlaw win, and... Um, you know, it, it, it was kind of funny because he was running around fourth or fifth, and then he just worked his way up to the front. We're going to speak with Brady Bacon talking about his first World of Outlaw win, four-time uh, USAC non-wing sprint car champion. Plus, we're going to have Chase Rodman on, Trenton Berry, and we've got some sound from Wyatt Burke, who won out at I-70 Speedway this weekend. And uh, also, we've got some sound from Jack Wagner and Wesley Smith as well. So, how are you doing, Kurt? Good. Top three finishers sat at I-70 Motorsports Park. Yeah. That was a good night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that grandstand seats 8,000 people. And I thought they had a good crowd out there the other night, which would pack a lot of places. How many people were out there? I would say... Close to a couple thousand people were out there. Right. Which, if you look at that grandstand, that looks, you know, it's kind of like a big crowd at Knoxville, if Mm -hmm. it's not the Nationals. You know, there's a big crowd there, but the grandstands are so huge. And Knoxville's a bigger capacity than I-70 Motorsports Park. I get all that. But uh, still, I thought a a pretty good turnout for the season opener out there. Right. And a pretty good show. Casey Schumann. Well, uh, I was down as the general manager. I was down at Lake Ozark Speedway, and they didn't have a big crowd down there this weekend. It was it was so cold, Kirk. You have no idea how cold it was. It was forty mile an hour winds. The flags were blowing straight out, and it was colder than hell down there at the Lake Ozark Speedway well, this weekend. It was cold at I-70 the other night, too, the wind whipping out of the north. You course, it was a good thing that the grandstands are on the north side at I-70 Motorsports Park. But the, earlier in the night, I was in the back straightaway grandstand facing that north wind, and it was pretty stiff out there as well. Kirk, you weren't up there with the camera up on the roof. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was a chilly night. The wind kicked up pretty considerably the yeah. other night no doubt about it yeah but you saw some good racing over there yeah pretty no, good action no, on the no, track no, pretty good racing action um chad simpson bags the seven thousand dollars on the final night down there and um his brother chris won the night before yeah how about that seven thousand dollars to uh right the winner on saturday night over there he had he had to work at it with uh, jake tim uh, there was uh, there was a lot. Of well, they got together on. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they got together a little bit. I don't know if you watched that or not. I did see that. Tony Jackson Jr. and Logan Martin are not on speaking terms right now, are they? No. Those two got after it. At one point, Tony Jackson Jr. crawled out of his race car and, and ran, ran after towards him. Logan Martin. 
Yeah. That that you know that happens sometimes, Kurt. Yeah. He was not a happy guy. You know, uh, what happens typically is is when a guy gets into another guy that doesn't make the other person too happy. I've been on the other end of those deals before. And you wanted to fight? I did fight. Not wanted to. You did fight. I did fight. (laughs) You got your licks in, too, didn't you? I always did. I was a roughneck, Kirk. Did you know that? I knew that very well. I knew that before we got started. I knew your reputation before we ever met. You did? Yeah. Uh That's why I hesitated whether or not I wanted to get involved with whatever you were doing. Right. Well, why would you not want to get involved, Kirk? It took you six months to to finally get involved with the show. Because you were talking about the kind of racing I wanted to talk about. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I said, why not? Let's give it a shot. Here we are 23 years later. Right. We're still doing it. Almost almost 25 years. But you get you get worked up at times, but you settle down pretty quick. Well, uh, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not a kind of guy that takes a lot of shit. To be honest with you, yeah, I'm not one of those people. If you flip me some crap, I'm going to get in your grill about it. I'm not one of those kind of guys that just sit back and take it. But you never threw any punches towards me, ever. I've never thrown a punch towards Kirk Elliott. And I've aggravated you a time or two. Hey, Todd, (laughs) has has Kirk ever agitated me and you a a little bit? Of course. (laughs) We've all been on each other (laughs) enough to... How about that? We've been... We've been in some serious screaming matches right here in this studio, haven't we? Yeah. Here at this studio. And and, and at the old studio and, and at the Bowl. radio station. And and at the Chili Bowl. Me and Scott went screaming uh, at each other at the Chili Bowl one year. And but you know I love you, Todd. I know. I love you, too. And that's why I said it's always just, it's always a work deal. It's never. Uh, but it's I never, never take it with me home. Kirk can Never. drop it at two seconds later. Me and Scott <laughs> kind of hold it a little longer, and then yeah. Well, you know then. what? Uh, Kirk is just one of those kind of guys that just lets it go. He's a le- he's a duck water off the back of a duck kind of guy. You know well, what I mean? That water short, just beats. Man. Hey, well, what do we normally argue about? Politics. Politics. In which we don't. Talk we on we this don't sh- talk about politics on this Not show. On this show. Yeah, I don't. But when we get off the air, we talk about politics, yeah. don't we? It's just because we know. I should say that I don't agree with you on much of anything. We we do agree on some things, but on the the, some of the big not many things. No, not many. But you know what? We're still friends, and that's why. I mean, it's been that way with Lloyd back in the day. I mean, Lloyd, me and Lloyd gone round and round, but he's always had my back when somebody's jumped out of line and said something bad to me. He's like, "Hey, Todd's my brother. You be you be you be 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 nice. You can yell and you can say things, but don't cross the line, right? But you know what? You know what we're missing in this country? We need to be able to debate." Our ideas well, they, and still be friends when it's all over. Debate class is gone now. I mean, my school, Piper, still has it. There's just not a lot of debate going on in school anymore. And the ones who do it are just—it's a mind. It's almost how sprint car racing is, right? It's a niche right. of a niche. So debate 
class is not something that everybody goes out, you know, our own Pat Warren, who we just had on the show on Saturday, he's he's a lawyer, you know, right? And he also yeah. goes around and he he judges these debate things for people. And he told me one year, I, I'd mentioned my daughter had a debate at it when she was in Piper High School. And I said, right. uh, and he said, hey, if you guys are ever, if they're ever short, I know they need people and he said just have them call me and if it's in the off season i'm in town i'll I'll have no problem come by and help it out because debating is something that's key to being able to have civil conversations without people going nutso absolutely (laughs) and and i am open to try to convince me why i'm wrong yeah and and that art and and you may have a chance to do that and that art is gone i'm gonna say hey you got me on right and trust me i go from four to fourteen real quick you know i'm in there i'm in the white i'm in the in the in the green and i'm in the red real quick when i and so my debating skills need more work well, i used to have a lot better in school i was a very just, good just so you know so. i went to debate and do it acting classes yeah see they had that back then it's just not a back back in high school back in the day yeah. they had debate and do it acting we had all kinds of and radio and TV in See, our school. You could still do that kind of stuff. You had a bigger, a little bigger school. We Pi- should never shut each other down as far as speech. We uh, should be able to hear what the other, if somebody don't agree with I, you, what they did, have to say. Did I ever tell you the reason I got kicked out of school? I probably heard this story. Right. But I don't remember off the top of my head. So I started a protest at Winnetonka. I do remember this story now. Yeah. I started a protest. At Winnetonka, I was doing the afternoon radio show, and um, I kind of, I, I, I started, it was about, they wouldn't allow you to smoke in the parking lot anymore. They used to allow you to go outside and stand outside for lunch and smoke a cigarette, right? Yeah, my school had a smoking patio, actually. Oh, they did? Yeah, you just had to have your parents' signature and... And they allow you yeah. to smoke. We, we, I would be, and my mom, I had asthma. She's like, you are not, and I go, but all my friends are out there. Right. Just sign the note. I'm not going to be smoking. Right. And I didn't, but I hung out with all these, all my friends in between yeah, classes. They, they all did. So the smoking patio now is a, what do you call it? What do they call those areas? Where the common grounds area is what it's now. <laughs> and it was right. a smoking patio when I was in school. I tell people that all the time. They don't believe So it. I sat in my car. And the vice principal come out to my car, and he said, Scott Trailer, if you don't get out of your car right now, you're suspended for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get out right now, you're going to be suspended for a semester. Yeah. So what did I do? Got louder. I rolled up my window and turned up my radio. And kept smoking your cigarette. No, I, I didn't smoke. And you got oh, suspended right. for the whole semester. I got suspended for the whole semester. And I tried to attempt to go back to school in North Kansas City, but lo and behold, I was barred from the entire district. Because you didn't play by the rules. I never played by the rules. Mom, my brother got kicked out his senior year with two months left in in school. And he's a... He was super smart, was, you know, super high IQ, but did something kind of similar to what you did and uh, had to go finish his 
homeschooling at CLC. People don't know if anybody heard. It's called Career Learning Center, which was down off of Quindaro here in Kansas City, Kansas, yep. in the bricks, down in the bricks. So just so you know, when when I got kicked out of school, the minimum wage at the time was, thir- ab- was about two thirty-five or something like that and i was making ten dollars an hour (laughs) moving furniture so it didn't much back in the 70s back in the 70s and let me tell you something i was moving furniture and i was making a lot of money a lot more money than my friends oh yeah yeah i've made i made so minimum wage when i first started working was 335 oh which would have been 19 which is terrible to say we only a dollar more from when it was when you were around right to 1984, 83s when I got my car, and I think my mom would go to the grocery store, and unbeknownst to me, ask the manager, "Can I have an application for my son? Because he's coming to." <laughs> I didn't, so I get a. And you ended up working at so, the store, didn't you? I get a phone call says we have an interview with Todd tomorrow. You know, on the home phone back in the day, the phone ring, uh. and uh, didn't know who it was. You just picked the phone up and answered it. You didn't have caller ID and. So that's how I got roped into my job as a grocery store hack because right. my mom was tired of paying for gas for my hot rod Camaro. <laughs> yes, um, there was a time when you didn't know who was on the other that's end right. of the phone call. Leroy Felty, um, a former Port Royal champion, rest in peace. That's what Tammy is saying. Oh, that's that here. Um, did you see that? Did I did not see that. I, I know that we had another... It, injury accident out here at cms and i'm hoping everything's up. who was that driver that was hurt out here kirk uh lowell isn't that right one of the lowell uh, who was the guy that got hurt uh, out at, can't, at, at lakeside at, I, no it was at lake no this was at cms but the, the lake oh they got somebody hurt down at cms this weekend yeah they had a life flight him out of there is what i oh i um, didn't know that saw it on social media let me pull that you up. know i saw a helicopter when i was at i-70 absolutely the other night you i saw, saw a helicopter fly over the race that's right right after a bad accident had happened we had a a multi-car pileup in the 305 feature on the opening lap of the feature. And right after that occurred, a helicopter goes flying over I-70 Speedway. And that uh, maybe it was on its way down to CMS. It was looked like it had come from CMS on its way to yeah, the that's what, hospital. That was another post on Facebook. Andy Zeller, that. street stock driver. There yeah, you go. Wish, Sorry. Him, wish him the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that thing, he was life lighted out, and they had they they said that was the quietest they had heard the crowd at it was, Central Missouri it, it Speedway. Was really, I mean, if you could hear pin drop for a long time. So we haven't so. heard any further. Have not. I saw a Facebook page just post yesterday said just keep keep your keep thoughts and prayers in with yeah. him and the and the family, the Zelly family. So uh, that's what we're doing on that. Yeah, no doubt. So well, yeah, it, it was kind of ironic during that uh, bad. And, you know, everybody was okay in that multi-car pileup and that 305 feature, but just at that moment when the ambulance left the track and everything seemed to be okay, that helicopter goes flying over the racetrack. Mm-hmm. So that apparently was what it was. Man, so, it was pretty that cool was, to see Brady Bacon win that. That was, man. You know, he, and he had to really work hard to do it. And this is a racetrack he's pretty familiar with. They race right. the non-wing cars at Tri-State Speedway on a pretty regular basis. So, Brady Bacon knows his way around Tri-State Speedway. Let me just say this about Brady Bacon. Brady Bacon is as close to Jesse Hockett as anybody I know. 
good in a wing and non-wing car. And a As midget. Jesse was. And a midget. midget. Yeah, all kinds of race cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Brady had to work for this. He got around uh, Carson Aceto for second place uh, with just a handful of laps to go. And then he was way behind Sheldon Hodenshield. Hodenshield had a pretty good distance ahead of him. And he chased him down as uh, Sheldon got into lap traffic and made that move right in traffic with a little more than two laps to go to grab the lead on the bottom side of the racetrack. He knows where to go on that racetrack, and he made it work for his first ever World of Outlaw victory the other night. Big night for Brady Bacon. Marie says Timez will be at the high limit race Wednesday night. And that's at Kokomo. At Kokomo. So, yeah, it's uh, the non-wing cars were supposed to be at Devil's Bowl Speedway this weekend. That got rained out. And we've seen uh, USAC non-wing sprint car drivers do well with the World of Outlaws at Tri-State Speedway. Carson Short won a race there several years ago. And other drivers have done well with the wing on at Tri-State against the World of Outlaws. And Brady Bacon was able to pull off the big one the other night. Cole says the next time any NASCAR NAP car drivers grow a set of balls and and punt that no talented hack Ross Chastain any chance they get will be the first time. What do you think about that, Kurt? Well, I'm looking up at the leaderboard right now. Ross Chastain is second behind William Byron in that race at Dover Yeah. right now. So uh, I we haven't seen this whole race here so far, but uh, Ross Chastain's sitting in pretty good shape right now. Yeah. You know. Other I, than that, I don't know what to say. I think <laughs> I, I, he's kind of an iron head. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. I don't. I don't. I like iron heads. I don't. Now I don't dislike iron heads. They make they make it interesting. Yeah. To watch. So mm-hmm. Ross Chastain definitely is one of those guys. After that big move he pulled off at Martinsville last year, hey, go get him, Ross. I'm kind of a Ross Chastain fan. What can I tell you? Um. So a driver, Kyle Kugel, Northeast midget driver, also. Uh, injured this weekend at Jefferson County, severe fractured vertebrae. So, man, this, it was a, a tough deal. weekend. It's been a tough week. Alex Bowman got hurt in that sprint car wreck at the High Limits race at 34 Raceway last Tuesday night. He's going to be out of a cup car <laughs> mm-hmm. for the next three to four weeks. And, uh, you know, the, the big thing about Alex Bowman, he walked to the ambulance. He got yeah. out of that car on his own and walked to the ambulance. Then we find out the next morning, and Todd was one of the first to know about it after and we it, had him scheduled to be on the air, uh, you know, recording an interview that next day. And they called and said they couldn't do it because Alex is going to be out of the car for three to four weeks. Right. I was so confused yesterday. I fell asleep watching um, – some of the, I was watching drafts, or not yesterday. I was watching basketball and hockey and whatever. Fell asleep, woke up to watch the race, turned the race on, and I'm watching the race, and my eyes haven't unfocused yet. You know, they're still. Right. And I watched it. I was like, well, help, Bowman's in fourth place. 
And I called, I texted Kirk, what the hell, Bowman is racing, he's in fourth place. They got rained out. And Kirk texted me, that's a race from last year. And I said, man, I I just woke up. I, I had, right. So they even had me fooled, man. Like they I postponed said. the race even before they came on the air, Oh yeah, that's pretty rare. Well, that tells you how fast I was asleep. I mean, You're like right. I said, I never, I woke up and thought, oh, great, race is on, here we go. But here then we I go. went, wait a minute, Bowman's right there driving, that don't. It can't be. He told me he was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was. they got me fooled yesterday. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Brady Bacon is going to join us as a four-time USAC non-wing sprint car champion, and he picked up his first World of Outlaw win this last weekend, and uh, we, we can't be more thrilled to talk about that and more with Brady Bacon when we come back. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more here in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Country Resort. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery, we do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars, you can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum 
and our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. They race this weekend down at Central Missouri Speedway. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But joining us now is the four-time USAC non-wing sprint car champion. He picked up his first World of Outlaw victory this last weekend. Brady, how you doing, buddy? Good. How about you, uh, man? I'm doing great, man. That that was a that was a thrilling victory to see you grab that lead there with a couple laps to go. Yeah, we had had uh, some wins slip through our fingers there in the past, and it was good to finally um, close the deal and get the job done. Yeah. So what what does it does it mean a lot to you to finally get that World of Outlaw win? I know you've been chasing it for a long time. Uh, what's what's it mean to you to finally get that win? Uh, it means a lot. It's kind of the last, pretty much the last series that I have raced in my career that I hadn't won in. Um, and it's obviously kind of the pinnacle of the sport of sprint car racing. So to get a win and put my name on that list was uh, definitely always a goal of mine and um, feels good to get it done. Have you, have you ever picked up an all-star win? Yes, I've won at Eldora with the All Stars. Oh, I, I I wasn't familiar with that as well. But um, listen, you know, I I've known you a long time, you and Ciciana, uh forever since about '09, and I, I I couldn't be any more happy for somebody to pick up their first World of Outlaw victory. Um, so what 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 was it like emotionally for you? It, did you did you shed a tear after you picked up that win? Uh, no, I mean it was definitely cool. You go, a lot of things go through your head, you know. When I was growing up, um, the world of outlaws was kind of it. it um, yeah, we weren't sure. really exposed to non-wing sprint cars in Oklahoma, so the big races, kind of the larger than life stuff, was when the outlaws came to either Tulsa Speedway or Oklahoma City. Um, so that was always kind of the, just before the NASCAR development stuff, it was right. your, your realistic, um, you know, goal to race for a living was to be a world of outlaw sprint car driver. Right. So I, I don't um, think to get a win with them is cool. I don't think people know that you were a development driver for Chip Canassi, right? Yeah. For, um, two years, two and a half years. Yeah. So uh, tell, tell a little bit of, uh, uh about that. I know that you raced, you, you did some speed test in a tunnel. Tell me about that a little bit, would you? 
Uh, yeah, we had that. That was kind of the era when there was a lot of money going into developing drivers and the manufacturers would um, kind of give the teams allotments to kind of seal up drivers to in the, in the hopes that they would get good ones in the future. Um, and then we, um, I actually never raced a pavement stock car race, but um, that's kind of how the funding for the Mopar team for Casey Kane Racing came about through Chip Ganassi and, and Dodge Mopar. And then I did, yeah, I did some wind tunnel testing for Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, There's actually a turnpike tunnel that they had sealed up, and we did actual wind tunnel testing with an actual car running up and down with a, a bunch of sensors and stuff on it. So um, that was the... Uh, I got really good at shifting, even though I didn't ever actually want to run a race. So, right, um, a lot of a lot of times up and down the the tunnel, and um, it was if I would have raced, it would have been a very good experience for me because that's obviously the the biggest difference is I don't have to worry about shifting in a sprint car. Right. How long was that tunnel? Uh, it was about two miles. Two miles um, total. So mm-hmm. you had about half a mile to get up to speed, and a mile for the actual test, and then a half mile to slow down. Were, were you disappointed that you never got a chance to really make it, 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 it at that level? Not really. I mean, um, that's a very political world, and um, it uh, would have been a really tough road to make it, and you have to get with the perfect opportunity, and uh, mm-hmm. that probably wasn't going to happen. I mean, Brian Clawson was kind of right in the same path as me, same team and everything, and he gotcha. kind of got some chances, and it still didn't work out. Um, and I don't think that the way that I like to have success racing, I don't, I don't know. I think I would have had a hard time being successful in the stock car stuff. Um, I like to kind of have a lot of control and, and input on, you know, the setups and the mechanical side, and obviously that's not an option there. So it might have been a little tougher for me to uh, to have success there. Yeah. Hey Brady, this is Kirk. Congratulations on the win. This was not a planned race. You got rained out in the non-wing stuff. It shows up at uh, Tri-State Speedway, a track you're very familiar with. You qualified great, second in time trials, second in the heat race, but you drew eighth in the dash and fi- uh, finished sixth in that. You had to really work at this thing once the A main got started. Just how were you able to make those moves on Carson Macedo and then eventually Shelton Hoddenshield for the lead? Uh, yeah, well, obviously we didn't get much luck on our side for the, with the dash draw, but you knew if we could pick off a couple in the dash, it'll move us up a row, and then uh, 40 laps is a long, a long race, and our car kept getting better and better, and we just kind of, the first half of the race, we are just kind of biding our time, picking people off when we could. There was a bunch of cautions in the first part of the race, so it takes a few laps to kind of get Things kind of sorted out at Hobstad. It's such a tight track, um, and our car was better on longer runs. And then that last run, we we started third, and um, I knew starting on the inside, I could start pressuring Macedo right away, and finally got by him. And then right right when we got clear of him, Sheldon had started to catch lap traffic, and we closed the gap really quick. And our car was really maneuverable in traffic. We could run top, bottom, middle, anywhere we needed to go. So. Um, lap traffic was definitely going to be an advantage for me, and I was able to kind of get a good run and catch him at the right time and slide him and, and then stay stay in front and get through the rest of the lap cars clean. Yeah. How much how much is familiarity with this racetrack important? Because everybody calls it a unique racetrack. Just uh, what makes this track special? 
Yeah, it's just the surface. It's super tight, tight corners. Um, we actually kind of struggle there in non-wing. Um, so it's kind of how I, I think I kind of feel like the outlaw guys do when they go there. I have the advantage that the local non-wing guys have. Um, a little different driving style, which I adapt to a little easier, a little more sideways. And um, we do have we, – we've always been faster when we ran there with the outlaws. We've probably had three or four races that we should have won there. Slipped away, finished second a couple times, had a DNF leading, crashed leading, crashed in the dash once. So we've always been knocking on the door there and, and finally were able to get it done. Right. Uh, this 21H car, uh, I know that you, you've driven their micro down at the, the shootout. Uh, tell everybody about this team that you're racing for. Yeah, I met um, Kelly Hink first time I, I drove for him at the Tulsa shootout. Kind of saw your chassis, hooked, hooked me up with him and he, to, to run, and then we won that first year and ran for him for several years at the, the shootout and other micro races um, that paid good money around the country. And then uh, decided he wanted to put a midget together ran and have ran a, that a handful of times over the past few years and ran very well, kind of competed for wins in that, and then um, decided uh, last year to, to put a wing sprint car together to run a few races and kind of combine our resources. And, uh, you know, ran pretty well for our limited schedule last year, almost won at Lake of the Ozarks. And then this year um, we actually have two cars put together and kind of decided to, you know, invest some more um, in that side of things on the wing side and get some en- our engine program kind of beefed up. And um, I knew that if we were going to have success racing wing sprint cars, we actually we have to race more. So this year we have about 35 races on our schedule which is about double what I've done in the past few years. And that's already paying off, obviously. Um, we've ran, I think that was our sixth race last night, which we, we would normally wouldn't have that many races till maybe end of July. Mm-hmm. And um, you just, you get these, these guys race 180 to 100 races a year, just like kind of like we do non-wing. They have everything figured out, and we just have to, we had to get out there and pound the pavement a little bit and take a few licks to get, things figured out and i think we're making really good progress and really happy with the speed we have so far and obviously really great to get an outlaw win so early in the year you mentioned that you're you're kind of a a, a, a tag team on this deal uh how's that work with between the two of you um we use we keep the car here at my shop um the car's here at my shop and we use my truck and trailer and and things like that so it's not it doesn't have to be a completely separate operation. He doesn't have to have another truck and trailer, tools, spares, mule. Um, so we kind of overlap some of the infrastructure to keep the overhead right. down. It helps me race more, um, and then it keeps him from having to uh, invest in so much extra equipment. We just kind of focus on he's got to get the stuff that we need to race, and um then the rest of the stuff kind of overlaps, so there's no extra expense. Um, we also have another non-wing car here that we do the same thing with that we run in non-USAC races. So kind of found over the last few years that's a good way to kind of keep everything in-house and consistent, and then but also um, you know relieve the burden off of me from having to do it myself with my own right. finances, not take away from the the '69 team, um, but still be able to race more and and kind of use the tools that we already have um, to race more. Brady, are you going to do any Silver Crown stuff this year? Yeah, we're going to run all of the half-mile 
dirt silver crown races. So Belleville, Terre Haute, um, Port Royal, and Eldora for the uh, Dyson um, number nine car out of Pennsylvania. Are you going to race both wing and non-wing this weekend at Eldora? Yes, we are going to run double duty both nights. Um, both nights at Eldora, we go Wednesday night here coming up at Knox or at uh, Kokomo with the uh, High Limit Series, and then we go to Eldora for uh, two nights, two cars each night. How many of the High Limit races are you going to run this year, Brady? Um, now we're actually going to try to do all of them. Um, oh, okay. Originally the Burlington was not really an option for us. Originally scheduled to go to Texas. It was just the travel wasn't going to work. Um, but then that opened up, and then we ran well there and decided we'll kind of give it a shot to run all of them. There's a couple races in Pennsylvania where actually um, I'm teaming up with the Dyson Wing Sprint Car, um, same team that I run the Silver Crown for, mm. um, to run Grandview and um, Bridgeport. So we'll be running like Indiana Sprint Week and won't be able to get the 21H out there, but um, kind of made a deal with those guys to run their car to fill in those gaps in the schedule that we wouldn't be able to make. Are you going to run a midget at all this year? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty limited. We're going to run, um, since I have to. I was going to Belleville to run the Silver Crown car, we're going to run um, the 21H midget at uh, the two-night show at Belleville, and then obviously his um, dad's memorial race at Sweet Springs the day after that, and then the BC39, and those will be the only midget races we run this year. And you're a former winner of the BC39, too. You can't miss that, right? Right. Right, yeah, and uh, I think it's they're, they've done a little different format for that race this year with a kind of a standalone four-day format, and I think that's going to probably be the key to really taking that race to the next level um, and not just being a, try to be a piggyback onto either a IndyCar or NASCAR weekend and kind of give it in its own time and letting it grow that way. Brady, uh, let me ask you a question. Where does the BC-39 compare to the Chili Bowl? Is there any comparisons there? Well, it pays better, um, so that's a plus. Um, It pays more than the Chili Bowl, which is not that difficult to do. Um, But uh, just the kind of the aura of the um, Indianapolis Motor Speedway is pretty special. Um, It's uh, a a really cool place, and to be able to run there and win there was, was really awesome. Obviously, the Chili Bowl still got a little, it, it is the, the premier midget race um, still, um, and the one everybody wants to win, but uh, they're just uh, kind of different races altogether. Yeah. Um, the, the BC39 just has that um, Indianapolis Motor Speedway aura about it, and um, I think that it'll just continue to grow with them, kind of give it its own space to to flourish, I guess. How yeah. big was that? You won the very first BC39. How big... When was that for you? Yeah, it's definitely one of my kind of marquee wins in my career, um, you know, to win. And they have some of the bricks on the actual racetrack that you can, you know, you kiss the bricks on the wall. Right. At the start-finish line that are actually from the, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So, um, you know, racing with the pagoda in the background and you're pulling in the, you know, the tunnel to get inside the track. It's just a, a really cool atmosphere. and. Um, obviously, a, a packed grandstands every time we go there. Big car counts. The track that they built is perfect for for midget racing, and um, it's just a cool event altogether. Yeah. You're looking forward to Knoxville, I know. Corn Belt Clash coming back at Knoxville. Yeah, definitely. That's been um, you know always a really good race for us. 
non-wing sprint car race. We've won, I've won, um, I think three or four non-wing sprint car races at Knoxville. And I think the other two that I didn't win, we ran like second, um, two or three times. So, um, obviously, you know, it's, it's great that Knoxville kind of is given the, the non-wing sprint cars kind of the chance to showcase themselves at the sprint car capital of the world. We're glad to go back. I think, um, you know, partnering it up with the, the Hall of Fame weekend works really well for the fans because there's a lot of kind of crossover interest with, right. you know, traditional sprint cars and then the history of the, the Hall of Fame. So I think that that's how it was a few years ago, and it really worked well for the crowd and stuff. And I think that it'll be that way again. And there's some, you know, big non-wing guys going in the Hall of Fame this year. So it gets um, – fans might have to choose either one or the other um, for their travel plans or maybe – you know, not be convinced to go to either one, but with both of them together, I think it'll be great. And we're actually, we will actually be running double duty both nights uh, of that weekend as well. The 360 on Friday and the 410 wing car on Saturday, along with the USAC 69 car. Brady, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on the show today. Um, I know it was last minute notice, and I can't thank you enough for doing so. Uh, tell CCON and the kids I said hey, and uh, thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. Thank Th you, Brady. Thank you, Brady. Good going. Thanks. I'll tell you, I'm going to be at Belleville and Knoxville yeah. this weekend. He's going to be at Belleville. I can't miss that one. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're going to come back with more. Chase Rodman is going to join us here in a moment. And uh, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more here in a moment. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery, we do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. 
Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll talk about them here in just a little bit. They race down at Central Missouri Speedway this weekend. Joining us now on the show is Chase Rodman. Hey, Chase, how you doing, bud? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, just uh, kind of recovering a little bit here. Got a little, got a little bit of a sickness going on here after the weekend um so hopefully we'll be better by eldora this weekend but um fun weekend of racing at uh tri-city and tri-state cool to see uh brady bacon finally break through and get that first win out of the way yeah no doubt about it I, i've known brady bacon since 2009 and we, we just had him on the show and that was the one victory that he's always cherished um, he, he, he's, he wanted to get that win such, in such a bad way. Um, uh, what, what was it like to interview Brady after the race? Yeah. I mean, I know that he's been trying for such a long time to, to, to break through and get one of those wins. And, you know, he's been close so many times specifically there, at, you know, at Hopstot, you know, he's ran second there a couple of times and was leading the race and, you know, got crashed one time. And, um, so he's been super close. Uh, you know, and he's been trying for over 10 years. You know, he's been racing against right. the Outlaws off and on for over 10 years. And it was so cool to see, um, you know, him climb on top of the wing or whatever, do, do the, the old wing dance when we're used to seeing him do the cage stand, you know. So um, it was awesome. I, I've known Brady for a long time. He's one of the good guys out there in the pit area. And uh, he was definitely deserving of it. Um, I also had a uh, – had a little side bet going with uh, Dave Byro, DV3 uh, photos. He told me that Brady wouldn't run top ten at Hopstown, and I said, I bet you a hundred bucks he would, and he ended up winning. So we got a hundred bucks. So yeah, you know, it, it, it was funny because he was running around fifth for a long time, and he just started working his way up through the field. Did you feel like he had a chance to get around Sheldon there at the end of the race? I think, yeah, I mean, they had that open red, 
uh, with like what 12 laps to go, and I'm sure you know he he said they didn't really make too many adjustments there uh, when I talked to him after the race as far as Brady goes. But um, you know Brad was saying in his interview that he kind of felt like he was holding up Brady for a lot of the race, you know. So oh. um, once Brady got to third, and once he got by Carson, I was like, okay, maybe there's a chance. But Sheldon had gone out to a pretty big lead, and then traffic that place is just it's so tough to get by the, the, the lot of traffic there and Brady went from I feel like a half straightaway behind the two car lengths behind him and you know maybe a lap or so and as soon as he saw that the opening he looked for he just I think he knew that there wasn't many laps left and he knew that you know he didn't want to be in another situation where he lost uh, or finished second in another outlaw race right right um, let me let me ask you about what happened to Parker Price Miller. He he got DQ'd for contact. Can you explain that a little bit to us? I actually didn't see the contact that had happened. I know it was with um, it was with Hunter Schoenberg or something, um, and I did not see what exactly uh, transpired on the track. Uh, I'm, I'm in a group chat with Parker, and he was just saying that he wasn't enjoying the way that Hunter was racing him. Uh, throughout that feature. So, um, yeah, I, I think that somewhere in the driver's meeting every week, and Mike Hess says something about no contact under uh, under yellow or anything, no intentional contact. And so if you do that, it's an automatic DQ. So uh, I guess that's what happened. Like I said, I didn't get to see it. I was um, probably looking at something else or, you know, maybe reporting on a crash or something. But, right. um, yeah, a tough deal there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I didn't, you know, just watched on video. I had to go back, and I still haven't been able to find out just what transpired there uh, between Parker Price Miller and Hunter Schoenberg. Uh, big night for David Gravel on Friday night at Tri City Speedway, but not so good a night Saturday night. What broke on the David Gravel machine? Yeah, I talked to him. He got out of his car in the infield there, and. Um, it was kind of, I mean, it must have been really bad if he didn't even try and draw a caution. You know, he just pulled straight to the infield and said, we're done. Um, he told me that the rear end was locked up and it just wouldn't, it wouldn't move. And then you saw him get towed off, you know, from the back bumper there because the rear end was just locked up. It was, uh, something happened there in the, in the drivetrain or something. I'm not really sure, but, um, he said that, you know, there was just no way it was going to get fixed and he was done. So. You know, went from the highest to highs to the lowest to lows, and, you know, from one night to the next, you know, Tri-City got the win and then, you know, was back to second in points and then, you know, goes from first to 23rd at Tri-State, and now he's like 50 points behind Carson. So crazy how much, uh, you know, things can change like that. You know, and I have a – I keep track of how many guys, as far as the full-time guys, go to the work area uh, this year, and David actually leads the way – in most work area visits so far this year. I mean, he didn't go to the work area for that particular incident, but right. he's just had a lot of things break or gotten into a lot of incidents, it seems like, throughout the year, and uh, hopefully that uh, starts to change here soon or else he's going to be in big trouble. And I can count on two fingers that any bad thing happens to Brad Sweet the whole season last year. You can remember the times that he had trouble. When you're out winning a championship, those kind of nights are devastating, aren't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and this year, I feel like every one of the guys in the top three, except for Carson, or, I mean, I, I should say in the top four with Shuhart in there as well, um, everybody but Carson so far has had 
uh, bad night. You know, Brad blew a tire at um, 81. Uh, David's already been in a couple of incidents that have taken him out of the race. Shuhart flipped at Tri-State, and he's had some other problems as well. Everybody but Carson has has been able to, you know, been relatively unscathed throughout the first 15 races so far. And, you know, that's you know that's how Brad has won his championships. You know, last year, like right. I said, I mean, there's only a couple times that I can remember that he's gotten into problems. Um, I do remember 2020, the first uh, three races I did with the Outlaws, Brad had wrecked at Wilmot. Uh, he DNF'd, and then the next night he went to Terre Haute, DNF there, and then the next night he went to Attica and DNF there. He had three DNFs in oh, a row, man. Um, which is insane. But after that, he hasn't really had that kind of a streak of bad luck. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the points right now. David Gravel has four wins. Brad Sweet has three. And last year, the number one winner was Carson Macedo, and he had 11 wins last year. He's only got one this year. Uh, can you explain that to us a little bit? Yeah, I don't really know uh, what's going on there. Uh, I mean, obviously he's fast. He's the only guy that's been in the top ten every race this year. Uh, you know, mm. he's got ten top five, same amount as David and, and Brad. Uh, but, man, he just can't seem to get the wins, right? I mean, he's gotten a lot of podiums and – you know, led a lot of the race this weekend at Tri-State. He was kind of the guy everybody was watching for to win. You know, he'd won three in a row heading into uh, Saturday night. But I'm not really sure. Uh, I just maybe, you know, bad circumstances, maybe getting a bad dash draw. Um, but the speed is definitely there. I don't think we're going to see him with one win for very much longer, especially going to Eldora this weekend. He's definitely a factor uh, when we go there. Uh, Williams Grove, definitely a factor when we go there in two weeks. So, um, one win is definitely surprising for him, um, yeah. but I definitely expect to see that change here soon. Big news last week, James McFadden and Roth Motorsports suspended and fined for failing a tire test. They're continuing to run pending the appeal. How soon will we know about the appeal? I have not heard exactly when the appeal will be either, uh, you know, approved or denied or whatever the word, you know, word that you want to use there is. But um, I, I do know that as long as that appeal process is still going, he's able to race. And then I did hear also that there was like a polygraph test that was taken on all the crew members on the team, and they all passed. Wow. And obviously we know that like in legal, you know, in courtroom, like a polygraph does not automatically – you know, exonerate somebody from a crime, but I feel like it is a pretty good, uh, you know, way to tell if somebody's being truthful on it. All of them passed. I feel like, man, what? I'm just confused. Why would they want to cheat? You know, I'm just kind of confused the, the whole right. situation, really. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, do, do you think there's? Do you think there's a lot of tire doping going on at at, at that level? Do you think that there's much of it going on at all? Really? I don't think there is, really, to be honest with you. I don't either. Yeah, I don't think there is at all uh, as far as the outlaws go. Um, and there was a, a crew guy was telling me, and I, don't, I don't even have time to dope tires, man. We're freaking always on the move, you know? So, right. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's anything like that going on. I don't know how that would happen. And I want to make this clear also, you know, when Reitzel got DQ'd or whatever at uh, Ransomville a couple years ago with Roth, it's a whole different team. Not a single person on that team is the same person that was here. That's here now for Roth. So, oh wow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. McFadden is one of my favorite guys out there on the tour. No doubt about um, it. And I just don't. 
I don't think those guys have any ill intent, man, really. I, I just don't know what could happen there. Yeah, I, I don't think Roth would have anything to do with that either, myself. No, absolutely not. The only thing is that was weird about it was, like, the race that is in question, I-55, he was, like, the only guy that was able to make the top work there the last 10 laps. Like, everybody was on the bottom in three and four, and McFadden was way up on the top and passed, like, six cars at the end, which is kind of weird when everybody else is on the inside of the track and he's passing everybody on the outside. But still, like, I just – I can't see anything going on there between those guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be important to get these races in at Eldora this weekend. you got this million-dollar race and the Kings Royal coming up in July. These guys are really itching to get out there on this Eldora racetrack this week, aren't they? Yeah, I've heard that we're going to have over 60 cars. That's kind of what everybody's thinking. Um, wow. So mid-60s maybe because everybody's going to be wanting to get as many laps there as they can before the million. Um, so it is going to be a who's who at Eldora this weekend for two nights. Um, and it's a good weekend, right? you got the USAC cars there as well. It's a good weekend to be a fan, too. Um, but, yeah, man, the, the pits are going to be absolutely jam-packed at Eldora this weekend. It should be a really good one. Well, Chase, we, we can't thank you enough for being on the show each and every week with this man. It, it is such quality to have a guy like yourself on the show with us each and every week, and we can't thank you enough for doing so. So we really appreciate yeah, no it, buddy. Problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, we'll uh, talk to you guys again next Monday. Huh? Hopefully we get some good racing in Eldora this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Chase. See you guys. Thanks, right. Chase. Good job. There you have it. And that guy is. Yeah, he's great. He is so good at what he does. He's tall, man. You see that pit? And I, I know Brady's a small guy. Yeah. I've always. I mean, when Kirk mentioned when he was interviewing Rico, he has to get down on his knees, but. Even Brady, <laughs> it looked like that microphone was coming down yeah, from Brady's all. Brady's not a tall guy either. That's what I'm saying. So that microphone, when it was coming down, looked like it was coming down from off of like a studio, like a stadium. Brad Sweet's a short guy. David Gravel's not really tall. And so, I mean, he has to yeah. talk most, to a lot of guys. Most guys that yeah. drive sprint cars yeah. are not very big. not very big. big. No. Right. You know, we've seen a few guys that wedge themselves into those sprint cars every once in a while and go i'm the biggest dude in here man so yeah we've seen a few of those big boys down in there but yeah i when they did that when you talked to him about that interview at post post race interview they showed a wide shot with chase and brady there and i thought oh my gosh he actually is because you don't they don't usually show him up close with the driver right. it's usually just the arm but oh my gosh he was coming from another planet down there right to, no doubt interview so that was pretty cool R rico's he's not very tall and brady's not much i can't imagine brady's probably brady. two foot much taller than rico i mean brady's when i talk to brady he's, brady's pretty stout though. no i'm just talking about height wise though yeah. he's not you know all like you said all those drivers are, are, are they're not short very stature. tall jeff gordon when until you see him walk by you do not realize yeah, how jeff gordon's not a big guy no you have not. no idea until he walks by and you're like oh my god why is jeff gordon not start a sprint car team I, it's weird to me that he, that he's got enough on his plate. I know, but before that, Hendrick right, right, like it makes no sense to me. Like even when he retired, Scott, 
they brought out a replica of his sprint car that he raced as a kid. Not anything to do with his 24 car. Right. Or the DuPont or any of that. He's got more than enough money to do it. So I, I just always thought it was strange that he had no involvement at all. I mean, maybe he does and we don't know it. Maybe He just he, wanted to focus on what he had in front of him. But right I just there. think it's strange that he had no involvement at all when his... his um, his whole background is, I mean, we saw when you go to the Chili Bowl, they play the video though when he's a little right. kid at all these places doing these interviews when he's a little kid. And I just think it's strange. You're right that he doesn't do anything. In well, was, Casey Kane owns a team. Tony Stewart owns a team. And he owns a Why track. That, what? I mean, something. I mean, yeah, he, sh <laughs> he should own a car. Something. You would think he would have. He should give back to the sport they gave to him. And, and that's what I wonder. What's going on with that? That's what I just I just think he wanted to focus on. Well, I understand that. On. But he's retired now. Now he's just a. Yeah, but he. He's got a big job with Hendrick Motorsports yeah, now. Yeah, but he's, he's still, got a lot he, on his plate he, now. He, he still needs to give back to the sport. You can't tell me cutting a check and helping out a couple, you know, the the, the Jeff Gordon Classic once a year at a USAC he, event somewhere. He has given back because he talked Rick Hendrick into allowing That's Kyle true. Larson and Alex Bowman well, and that, even Chase oh, Hold on, hold on a second. Car. Do you think that that's going to stop, you, right? You, I think that that's going to stop. That's over. By halfway through the year. Has he said anything yet? No, but you know what's going to happen. But you know, with Bowman getting hurt, that he's going to put the brakes on that. Kyle Larson had an answer yesterday. He says, I do uh, watch what I'm doing here. I don't drive any non-wing sprint cars, and I'm not driving a midget. He made sure to say that, too, about the non you know what I'm saying? Let's yeah. get, let's get the niche into the niche. Because non-wing sprint cars will get you hurt. Well, we ask Robert Ballou, that dude, you hang it out or you don't. I mean, right? right. It's like you know what happens when – And but I I don't know. I, I don't see how he can say that he's not going to have some kind of restrictions put on the Bowmans of the world. And, and I got guys. a feeling it's coming. Well, they'd have to redo his contract for yeah. that. To happen. I think maybe well, there might be a let me, let me tell you something. If Rick Hendricks says you cannot drive a sprint car again because we just got one of our drivers hurt in one, that's all it's going to take. I think Kyle Rick, Larson would say, well, it's been nice knowing you, Rick. I'm going to go I don't drive my so. sprint car. Not this year, but. He, may. He, he would not do that, Kirk. No. They're, they're, Kirk's they're, laughing because he the, knows The money is much money, right? way more. Yeah. His he makes wife, way more money his, driving a a a, a, um, his a cup car than he does a sprint car. His wife would not allow <laughs> that to happen to him no. to just go play in a sprint car. Yeah, they got a third kid now. They That's got, what I'm saying. They got he's, a lot on their plate He's now. got a lot on his plate. But here's what he's I'm saying. He's got to buy a lot of clothes. I think Rick Hendrick, Rick Hendrick and his people are probably smart enough to have a clause already into these guys' contract that goes in effect to say, look, if I'm down this many drivers already going into the end of the season or I've already had two drivers hurt the rest of the year, you got, I mean, you can't tell me that these big sponsors haven't got some kind of say in how much and how but much. To, to be fair on that, Rick Hendrick is really the only sponsor that he has on his car. Yeah, Hendrick, yeah, that on his. Hendrick, Hendrick Automotive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> but I w if I'm Rick Hendrick, I would say to Kyle Larson, 
just don't get hurt. Just don't get hurt. <laughs> Here's what any, I would say. Any cup races, just don't do it. Here's what I would say. They are going to come to your race whether you finish first or tenth, right? They're going to come up well, and show. Well, that's the most important part of, uh, of racing right now is that when Kyle Larson is there, yes. the fans show up. So here's what Rick tells him. Don't kill yourself trying to finish first. They're showing up regardless if you finish first or finish 15th. Kyle's not a dirty driver, though. You can't tell a race car driver that. But you Okay, he has one or two options. You don't drive the sprint car this year, or you just back her off a little bit and show up and sign your autographs, sell your T-shirts, make your money as your promoter, and get out. I I think that he'll, he'll still drive the late model, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't think anything's going to change as far as his schedule driving that sprint car this year. I think he'll continue to do it. I bet you Bowman doesn't have – I bet you don't see Bowman in a car the rest of the year. I bet you don't either. Because Bowman ain't got the pool that Ja'Kyle Larson's got. You know what I'm saying? Larson's got a championship. Larson's – Bowman, Larson. Yeah, the scales are different. And there was a big – A different level. It's a different – And the difference uh, between Bowman and Larson is Ally – the main sponsor for Alex Bowman on the cup car is also uh, putting a sponsorship on his sprint car. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They've also got their name on his, so, on that 55 sprint So car. where do they make more money being seen at, on the NASCAR team when yeah. it's on the commercials on TV? No doubt about it. Or being hauled off on the record with him walking to the thing with his head between his with legs. His, with his head. His head was bowed because he knew he was getting the call on Monday morning. His head was up his Rear end. The bottom line is Hendrick has had two of their four drivers sit out multiple weeks of their cup cars due to off-track injuries from the cup series. The snowboarding incident for Chase Elliott and now the uh, non-NASCAR-related sprint car wreck at the High Limit Series. Could you imagine if they both would have happened on the same week? And we're not even halfway through the season yet. Right. Let's say these would have happened at the same week. Hendrick would be furious to have both drivers out at the same time. Same time. I mean, luckily Chase came back, right? He came back early and and was able to come back. And but think about that: you go into this week, today's race, which we're watching live on TV, and you right. don't have your two top guys. Who's leading, Kurt? Uh, uh, Brad Keselowski is out in front right and now. Ross Chastain still holding second. So. You know, uh, Brad Keselowski, he's going to win a race this year. Yeah, he will. I think so. I think he's going to win one. Um, I agree with that. Looks like they're just now starting to make Josh Berry is driving the 48 car. He's 18th right now. The RFK team is coming back. They're they're getting back into position to where they can win races. Keselowski had a great chance to win his seventh race at Talladega here a week or so ago. Yeah. We're we're halfway through this race right now. Lap 200 of 400. You remember Chris Buescher won the night race at Bristol last year. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're poised to win a race, no doubt. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to play some sound from Wyatt Burke, Jack Wagner, and Wesley Smith. Kirk was out at I-70 Speedway this weekend with the MWRA. Was it MWRA and War? Yeah, it's the uh, it was the Rod In Supply Open Wheel Classic Power Eye War versus the USAC Midwest Wingless Racing Association. Was it a good race, Kirk? It was a good show. Yeah, all right. Good show. When we come back, we'll play sound from out there at I-70 Speedway. 
It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more of Mostly Motorsports in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway, Osage National Golf Resort. Three 9-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years.
Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. He's Kirk Elliott. Todd Surprise helping us here as our producer. Does an excellent job each and every week for us here on Mostly Motorsports. Want to remind everybody what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. They're giving away a 2023 Z06 with a Z07 performance package on it. It's pearl white Metallica tricoat color. And they're also going to give you $25,000 in cash to help you pay for the taxes on this car. This is a, a rare car, folks. Here's some of the info on this 2023 Z06 with the Z07 performance package on it. It's got 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. Goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. Could you do that, Kirk? Could you get that car to go um, 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds? Sure. Once. I think yeah, you'd spin put, out. Just put the foot down. I think you'd spin out. <laughs> He'd call, call you and say, I don't know what happened. But I'm in the, I'm in the guardrail. I'm in the middle of the median. I'm in the medium. <laughs> uh, and it's got an eight-speed uh, automatic transmission, and it's got a lofty 8,600 RPM creating 670 horsepower. It's all aluminum cylinder block casting with small block engine families that the, the thing about this engine is in this car one person puts it together and and when they put it together they sign off on it and i think that is really cool that one person puts these motors together in these z07 performance package corvettes what do you think about that kirk that's pretty cool isn't it yeah absolutely yeah they got uh, dual coil valve springs um, they got 460 foot pounds of, of torque at 6,300 RPMs. These are GM tested per SAE J1349. I don't know what that means, but um, they've got an edge red brake calipers. This thing has got everything on it, man. This is like a, a street legal race car, and it's got all the large. Uh, tires, wheels, larger brakes, aero package with the Z07 performance package. And you can win this car, and all the proceeds go directly to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. You can do so by registering on winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. And don't forget, if you want to buy some merchandise from the the, the uh, store up there at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, you can always do so at SprintCarStuff.com. So do it again. Go to WinItZ06Corvette.com and buy you a raffle ticket. And today is the opening day of the Williams Grove Speedway exhibit. It, May 1st. Today is? Today is the day. Wow. Going to be here through the 1st of October. How did you know that? Because they, uh, he I saw Bob Baker at Lakeside Speedway, and I asked him, when is the opening day for the Williams Grove exhibit? He said May 1st. So here we are. Today. Today Tomorrow. is the day. Today today ain't May 1st, is it? Tomorrow. Is today May 1st? Today is May 1st. Happy May Day. I'll be darned. 
We're looking at a little video of the Z06. It is. It's May 1st. Absolutely. We're looking at a little video of this. Can't Z- question Kirk Elliott no, on not dates. On date. Here's a little video of this Z06 Corvette. And uh, they had a, they also they had given away a deal Corvette did where you could help build your own engine. You walk with the builders. And, and watch them build it. Uh, and they let you kind of maybe tighten a few bolts here and there maybe you know on your engine that's as a badass car right so we're there, watching man. this is act- the actual car it's just a different color this is a red yeah one it's not at. it's not the metallic no but this this is what um like you said what it'll look like on the road holy we've, cow we've man. just been showing you photos and this is what it would kind of look like so what they're comparing this thing to is the i coon- would burn the tires off of that yeah. thing well they're comparing this thing to the countach the ferrari the Porsche, and then they drop this bad boy right in there, right in with it. So it, it belongs with all those cars because it's a truly is a hand-built race car. It, it's a real race car. I mean, look at that. That 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 is cool. It's, it's awesome, man. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. Got the splitter on the front And what of I would do if I bought that white one, if I won that white one, yeah. I would go wrap that thing. That way the paint stays pristine. Right. Right. There's no chipping on your paint. Go get you a wrap. I'd like, put a racing boys yeah, wrap on it. That's right. So here's the engines being, here's the car being built right here with these. So watch them, how they walk this thing. The ladies checking this thing. They're checking this thing over with the millimeters. I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty cool, man. So checking all the gaps on the car. All the gaps and everything. It's, it's definitely, uh, it's one of a kind, man. <laughs> Look at, I mean, it yeah, just looks no like a beast, dude. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Kirk. So you were out at I-70 this weekend. Yeah, Tell- I had a good time out there the other night. I thought the crowd, the crowd turnout was really good. As I pointed out at the beginning of the show, that grandstand seats 8,000 people. That's like twice the, as big did they have the, uh, as Lakeside. The, did they have the sprint car out there for the, the Hall of Fame? I, if they did, I, I didn't go to where it was. I came from the pit area up towards the front so i don't know i don't know the answer to that so but uh i saw bob baker at lakeside speedway is where i saw him at the high limits race that's where i talked to bob Mm -hmm. so if if they had that i i would imagine bob was getting ready to do knoxville which got rained out again by the way i saw that so Fourth time is the charm this Saturday night at Knoxville to try to get the season started. Yeah. So that sucked. So they're having, I'm sure Bob was up at Knoxville getting ready for the season opener, which didn't happen. Yeah, a lot of issues. I mean, they're having issues getting raises in in a lot of places already this year. So, it? yeah, tough night weather-wise up in Iowa on Saturday night. But they uh, they got the show in out at I-70 Motorsports Park on Saturday night. The Rod in Supply Open Wheel Classic. Featuring the Power Eye War Sprint Cars versus the USAC MWRA Sprint Cars. They had uh, 22 cars that showed up on Saturday night. They also had 305 Sprint Cars, but it was a great, great night of racing. And Wyatt Burks, who started fourth in the feature on Saturday night, didn't take him long to grab the lead, and he led all 25 laps. No yellow flags in this race. And certainly a big win for Wyatt Burks. I've actually started working out this winter to get in better shape for this, and that racetrack definitely put us through a put it through it because it was pretty hammered down, rough, and heavy. Rocks were hitting us everywhere, so uh, it was fun. 
You got hit by a rock, huh? Oh, yeah, I got whacked in the finger pretty good one of the laps. I thought it broke my finger, but, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty wild. But I'd like to say thank you to Wholesale Batteries for coming aboard this year, Harris Fab, KH Suspension, Weber Wattawa, Torgerson Trenching, uh, Lazy L Ranch, Jaden Soap Foundation. If it wasn't for all of them, I wouldn't be able to do this. Very fast racetrack. How demanding was it you had no yellows? Yeah, it was it was pretty demanding for 25 laps, so... Uh, I kind of wanted to yellow, but also I didn't want to yellow because I got in a groove and started going. So, and when we got to lappers, it got pretty wild. It was, it's pretty hairy when we got to lappers. It was kind of see where you, they were going a couple laps before you got to them and pick and choose. Did you see uh, Jack coming out there? No, I never saw Jack. I was I was focusing on lappers because it was getting wild. But uh, I figured they'd be there, and they were. But we ended up winning, and we'll move on to next week. And he is right about that. He got pretty crazy working the lap traffic on Saturday night with no yellow flags. And Jack Wagner, it looked like for a minute that he might have a shot at Wyatt Burks. Even on the last lap, he came charging up through on the back straightaway and came uh, about three or four car lengths short. Here's Jack Wagner's take on the whole night. Wyatt Burks and Wesley Smith and all the guys around here, they're just talented race car drivers and to even be on a podium with these guys is an honor in itself but to do it at a place like i-70 motorsports with uh casey schumann at the helm of this place man it's just incredible uh, i cannot thank this casey platinum jesse hockey racing wbr, WBR fac acres tire service that's electrical sure suspension uh andrew felker designs and uh donut motors man these guys they put together a piece and they gave me a piece to win tonight and driver fault in his form again so we're going to be back next week and hopefully give him a run for the money down at lucas oil lap traffic was a real factor wasn't it? lap traffic is where i think i shine the most so every time he got to lap traffic is when i'm driving harder and harder and harder but uh once i got to him and he got clear i think i went through him a few bit quicker than he did but once he got to open traffic man wesley and uh wyatt they were just so dominantly faster than i was in open field but once we got into lap traffic i felt like i got a good hold of them and especially coming to that white flag whenever I saw man we had a gap and we had some some to go and prove to them I threw everything I had at it into turn three and you know what we're going to try this again next year and hopefully uh, Casey Schumann will give us just about the same racetrack all these guys around the pits and I were like man they, this track is a little bit too fast for me I was like man this is my kind of style this is what I like I did right. not expect uh, Burks to come out of the gate so fast in that feature I expected uh, Wesley to be right there next to me but you know what Burks is a hell of a wheel man and for that boy to come out here and put on a show like that it's it's a testament to what he's done for the sport and everything he's going to do from here on out so we'll be back and we'll give it one hell of a shot next week that is second place finisher Jack Wagner he's fun to watch right no doubt about it Uh, and then Wesley Smith ended up running third didn't he He did and uh, he was driving his own number 44 car on Saturday night and pretty solid third-place effort for Wesley Smith. Yeah, you know, the, for this uh, Midwest group here in southwest uh, central Missouri, it's the second second race uh, of the season, and it's the second 25-lap checkered, green-to-checkered race. Uh, the, the group around here is, is second to none, honestly, obviously, other than the Indiana USAC crew. But uh, I think uh, people would be surprised to come down here and race more how fast we are down here. And uh, Casey did his best to give us a track. I think the track service just hasn't been raced on enough yet. Um, it's, it's lacking a little bit, but it makes up for the character that all these other tracks, modified tracks we go to lack. But uh, I just, I'm just glad to be running on a cushion finally, uh, even if it was <laughs> something else. But uh, no, it was a good night. CarQuest Auto Parts 44 was on rails on that one. Our heat uh, went sixth to third on the opening lap of the feature and kind of just, we, I don't want to say we held on from there, but Jack and Wyatt and uh, uh, Wyatt, were just, they were gone. They were checked out. I might have had a shot there in the middle of lap traffic, but 
with, with the closing speeds we have here at I-70 Motorsports Park, it's just uh, it's hard to make the, you got to be quick on those decisions because because when you're just closing so fast. So best to uh, it's only second race of the season. Best to just load it up and, and go to the next one. And the next one is Humboldt Speedway Friday night, 81 Speedway Saturday night for the Wholesale Batteries. USAC Midwest Wingless Racing Association. Big weekend this weekend. And Riley Kreisel and Xavier Doney ended up running fourth and fifth. Yeah. yeah. Had a good visit with Riley Kreisel uh, before the races. That was his first night out. Right. He hadn't been out yet until uh, Saturday night. So good to see Riley out there in the 91 car. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and uh, I want to mention Randy Martin, the winner of the 305 feature. Really? Randy I think Martin. his second or third year he's been driving a 305 car. Of course, he was a stalwart in the 360 sprints for a long time. Right. But uh, he was in that number 14 305 sprint car and uh, led pretty much the whole way. There was a bad crash on the opening lap of the race down uh, involved multiple cars. And uh, I think everybody was okay. You know, uh, I was surprised that Wild Burke said that there was a lot of rocks in the racetrack. Yeah, and he said he got hit by one. His finger got. He yeah. said he thought he broke his finger. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was kind of surprised to hear that too. But you know, I was walking on on the racetrack after the race. There was still a lot of moisture in that racetrack, even though the wind really kicked up, was blowing about 30, 40 mile an hour before the race. Didn't seem to dry out the track much at all. You walked the track, packed. Kurt. Uh, after the race, I was down on the front straightaway for victory circle and just kind of walking the track was still had a lot of tacky tackiness in it mm. how about that uh the next uh jack potter ended up running second in the 305s and uh jacob die ended up running third yeah. with the 305s now the next uh power eye war sprint car uh series race is this saturday night at sweet springs motorsports complex uh this will be the second time that i can remember they put non-wing sprint cars on sweet springs i was out there last year when they had the uh, non-wing sprint cars uh, first competitive race on the uh, sweet springs racetrack i don't know i think maybe sweet springs is maybe just a tad bit little small for the wing sprint cars but you know, there's just not a lot of room to maneuver on that racetrack for these right. non-wing sprint cars, but we'll see how it goes this Saturday night. Kirk, did you see where uh, ASCS is going to try to run down at um, Electric City Speedway? At Butler? But You call it Butler. Yeah. The electric. To me, there's only really one Electric City Speedway. Isn't that out in Montana? It, it is. Right. But they call this track Electric Spitty Speedway. It's going to be on Friday, the 26th of 2023. They're going to be at Electric City Speedway. Well, might be worth heading down there. What night of the week's that on? They don't have enough grandstands down there for a big crowd. What night of the week is that? Friday. A Friday night. Friday night. Uh, oh, oh, by the way, they're going to run... Um, Texarkana uh, at uh, 67 Speedway. That's going to be um, on. They're saying that's going to be on the 26th. I don't know how they do that. May 26th and May 26th. They're, they're going to run two shows 
and then they're going to go back to Electric City Speedway on the 27th. Are you sure that's a national tour? You're looking at the ASCS website? Yes, I am. Because when you pull up their schedules, it combines everything together. So you got to be careful about what you're looking at there because it combines all of the schedules into one. So I'm going to pull up the... ASCS National, ASCS Warrior, Power Eye War Sprints, Kirk. Okay. That's what they're running. Because I'm looking in the month of May on the national tour schedule. This is the ASCS national tour. Kirk, it says right underneath Lake, uh, uh, it says right underneath, um, hold on a second. Let me, let me get to Electric it. City Speedway on May 12th, as you ASCS Elite Sprints. Okay. Moberly Motorsports Park on Saturday, May 13th. Tri-City Speedway, May 19th and 20th. Lakeside Speedway, May 26th. And Lake Ozark Speedway, May 27th and 28th. Are the uh, races on the ASCS National Tour schedule. So it, it, it is the, uh, it is the uh, Elite Series. There you go. Yeah. So... Okay. Uh, they did have that Sweet Springs over the weekend, uh, now 600 micro series over the weekend. Ricky Thornton Jr. showed up there over the weekend, ran on Friday night, and won one of the divisions at Sweet Springs Motorsports Park. And then they had another event on Saturday night, and the winged A-class winner was Jeff Hayes. And they also had the stock non-wing feature, Sean Mahaffey, came through with the feature win there. Sean Mahaffey. While Logan Lunsford won in the restricted A-class and junior sprints also in action as Sawyer McBride you came know, through with the feature you, victory, the winners at Sweet Springs on Saturday before night. Before you go to Trenton, you know who that Sean Mahaffey is, don't you? He's the chicken nugget kid that Scotty Cook ordered when interviewed back when he was teeny tiny. The little chicken? The kid who had the chicken. He, he, we tried to talk about his car, and then Scotty got more out of the interview about his chicken on a stick. Remember, he had the chicken nugget on right, the stick like yeah. they sell the chili bowl. We had a big interview, got a lot of clicks. That's that's that kid. And now, hell, he's probably 18 years old now. Right. But that's when he said that name, I went, that's the kid we did the interview with the chicken on the stick. Time right. flies when you're How about fun, that, huh? man? All right, let's go to Trenton Barry right now. Trenton, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good. Uh, just uh, glad to be uh, glad to be on this side of the dirt today. Yeah, so, suck. They got rained out on Saturday night. The weather must have got really nasty up there at Webster City, huh? Uh, it was. Yeah, it was. It was tough to be honest with you. It, it got it got crappy on Saturday there. All oh, about twelve thirty. One o'clock, where you just don't have a whole lot of options. You know what? You're trying to figure out whether to sell pit passes for the day or not. Open the facility, get your help there, and uh, man, it just it just rained. It, it rained Friday right there before race time, and got got the show started late on Friday because of the weather there, and pushed through, and it just was not really going to be a better scenario for Saturday. So, I think. Uh, I think probably the best best decision to make there, but yeah, it's just 
man, it's just it's just Iowa in April, you know. It's just a crapshoot. You're rolling yeah, dice. To no doubt. See what happens. We got two, we got two or three in, so we'll take it. Well, is Dan Ebert and Tom Berry Jr. put on a show for the folks? Oh my gosh, that Thursday! I think the Thursday night race is probably the best race of the year so far. You know, we're just over twenty five percent through the season here uh, as far as dates go. And, it was a dandy, and uh, had a little had a little contact to make the pass. Um, uh, Tom Barry did on Ebert, who was leading, and and uh, Ebert kind of returned the favor on the second green white checkered, which was the, the final one uh, there in turn two. So it was uh, it was a great race. It was nice. Um, I don't know that it was an ideal scenario. I don't know that either pass. I'll just say that neither pass to the lead was an ideal scenario. Right. It was nice for once to see. That the racers handled it like professionals on the racetrack by themselves. Uh, they didn't. They didn't go and scream and cuss the other one. Um, now, make no mistake, they, they didn't give each other an inch, which they shouldn't. Um, but they they didn't go fight in the pits. Or crews didn't get involved. Uh, girlfriends, wives didn't go get involved. There wasn't a wasn't a cat fight, bunch of name calling, um, <laughs> and they didn't they didn't go spill that over to Facebook. They they handled it like professionals and. I got a lot of respect for each of them there. Uh, Tom Barry turned around the, the second night and got the best of them. And you know what? Tom and Dan had to race each other Saturday or Friday night too. Uh, I think I said Saturday there a minute ago, but Friday night they turned around the second night and had to race each other again. And they raced each other clean. And um, so just just proud of proud of the professionalism more more than anything. I think that's what I'll take out of this weekend and a and a darn good race on Thursday night would just just loaded up with action. The racetrack was awesome on Thursday there before the rain came. Yeah. Um, we've got a big race coming up out at Lakeside Speedway, the 12th annual Jayhawk Classic. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, three, three, seven, and 12. So a little bit of a boost from the normal three, five, and 10 for the three-day races. And uh, Joe Kosicki bringing his late models in there as well. And they're going to run for uh, I believe it's five and ten. I know for sure it's ten on Saturday night. I think it's five on Friday. But uh, gonna be gonna be awesome, man. Those those are the real coveted weekends on Lakeside schedule. I feel like for touring series to be able to get in there uh, when when NASCAR's in town just down the road. So uh, cool that that that's gonna happen this year, and uh, think it's gonna be a, a, a fantastic race. You know, I, I've always said for years, and then it just keeps holding true. Lakeside is one of the very few big tracks that races incredibly well all the time. And, and it's, it's got a lot going forward. It always has. And, and that, that's just as true today as it was, you know, 15 years ago. So, yeah. Um, really looking forward to seeing the USMTS there. We had, we had a couple shows there last year and our August, August race uh, track was a lot drier than it was in October. And that, that October race last year on Halloween weekend, was one of the best best races of the entire year on the entire USMTS schedule. So no reason to think that, you know, maybe one, shoot, maybe all three of them are, are going to be uh, be barn burners. Now, the likelihood of you just having it come down to the wire th- three nights out of three is pretty rare no matter where you're at. But, but they ought to they probably all be really good races. But I, I expect probably, you know, at least one spectacular one out of those three, if not two. Yeah, we're visiting with Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com. Um, is that final day going to pay $12,000 to win? Yeah, yeah, 12 for the for the mods, yep. Wow, yeah. that's big money. 
That is big yeah, money. And seven and and seven seven on Friday instead of the normal. You know, the normal had been five on on uh, Friday. So and then on Thursday, on. Thursday it's going to pay three thousand, right? Right, and the, the late models are not there Thursday night, but that's kind of the kickoff one to the weekend. And you know, that's always going to be your your light crowd night as well. So, um, but yeah, going to be three grand on Thursday. Yeah. Well, I think Friday night's definitely going to be a big night. That's the Lakeside's normal night. And there's yeah. not any on-track activity at the big track, so people can really get a big start to the weekend by coming out there Friday yeah. night and getting the whole thing up and going. Mm-hmm. I think I think it'll be I think they'll be well. Probably, I, I anticipate some of the biggest crowds the USMTS runs in front of all year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, you right. know, in the past past has got any success or any. Uh, the past is sort of in, any sort of answer provides any clarity towards what what could happen this weekend. You got to think there'd be be monster crowds out there, so I hope that's the case. Hey, Trenton, do, do you think Lakeside races so well because it's got big sweeping corners? Do you think that's the reason it races so well? I think it probably helps it. Yeah, don't you? I mean, I I do too. I, I I really think it does. Now I'll tell you this. I understand for safety's sake why they put that backstretch wall in, but it, it races better without that backstretch wall coming off the two. No, I agree um, with you. But, but it's, I mean, <laughs> that wall probably really needed to go in there, honestly. If we're, if we're just being honest, it, it probably didn't need to go in there. So, um, but yeah, I, I think so. And it's, it's so unique too because, you know, it's got, it's got quite a bit of bank if you stand there and, and look at it, but it's not, it's not like an over, overwhelming amount of of banking um but i really think that corners are just so wide shaped so well and you can carry that speed through the corner um i you know sky you know me in that race i i've been in love with that place the first time i went out there and that, that's never changed um it's it is a f- absolutely fantastic racetrack so did you like it when it was pavement well, so I don't, I don't know. That was before my time. <laughs> no, <laughs> I said, I said since I've been going out there, I can tell you this: I would, pro- I would probably question any racetrack where you have to pick your line before you go into the corner. I would, I would probably question the validity of that. But that was before my time, so we'll just let that one be. Uh, it's a better uh, racetrack. Uh, uh, hold on, on hey, let me just tell you this, Kirk. It was a good pavement track. It was an okay. excellent pavement track. Whatever you say. Yeah. Just I mean, because just because know. you didn't like pavement I... doesn't mean that everybody didn't like. Well, they pavement. had to paint a white line in the middle of the racetrack in order to en- yeah. to encourage passing, which there was none I before don't... they put the white hey, line. Hey, down. First of all, Kirk, the white line was the best thing they ever did to Lakeside Speedway. Oh, yes, but they had the the, the point uh, is they it, had to it, do it was that. the best thing they <laughs> ever did to Lakeside Speedway. It taught yeah. people how to pass. But it's better dirt. I just. Now, then it, I just it was don't. Painful. I don't. I don't. I don't think I get on board with a with a choose line. Like I don't think that's probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably not paying my money to go watch a choose line. Well, really. I mean, uh, I've, I'm just probably not. L- listen, just so you know, I passed more cars halfway up the track than I did on the bottom part of the racetrack. I passed way more cars running up there in the third lane than anybody else probably. Back in the day. All I can tell you is the first night they had dirt on it, the traffic was backed up all the way to I-435. <laughs> I'm 
but that yeah, was I'll for a this, reason. As good a, as good a, as good a dirt track as that is, I hope there's never asphalt on it again. How's that? I'm with you on that. Because I, I, I'm telling you, it's it's one of the. I mean, guys, it's one of the best ten dirt tracks I've ever been to. Yeah. Uh, no, no doubt. I mean, no question about it. And and consistency sake, it's probably the most consistent big track I've ever been to. Yeah. No doubt. Um, I just I I love that place. Yeah, I I love it as well myself. And just don't don't overwater it. No, because if well, they overwater it, it yeah. gets narrow and it's just too fast. Right. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, I don't. I don't think that'll be something will be messed up to you. I don't. I mean, that doesn't seem to be a. That doesn't seem to be a pain point. Uh, l- let me tell you. Let me say something about Lake Ozark Speedway. The, Br- Bryce. The guy that's running the racetrack down there, I watched him prep that racetrack. And let me tell you, this weekend. They did a good job. Chris Simpson and Chad Simpson both won the races down there. Uh-huh. And, and let me tell you this. Bryce is doing an excellent job with that racetrack. It was a great racetrack. It was a great times. racetrack down there at Lake Ozark Speedway this weekend. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That's good to hear. You know, Tony we, uh, Jackson Jr. didn't have a good weekend, but you no, know, that's neither he here tore the shit out of his car. I heard I, I heard he went running, too. I didn't see all that exactly. Who was he chasing after, Kurt? Logan Martin. Logan Martin. He, he Listen, that they all walked away from Tony Jackson, and then the next thing you know, Tony Jackson is running as fast as he can down there to Logan Martin. And, and and they stopped him. They got him. They they caught him okay. before they caught him before he could get his hands on Logan Martin. I see. Yeah. You had the I camera see. all I've... over it, man. Good job for you. Yeah. I was the cameraman down uh, there this weekend. I see. Was that so that's I mean, that's something a new kind of a new thing for you, wasn't it? I mean, obviously not running a camera but but on a on a live show like that. No, you, you know, I, I, I've done many a, a, a broadcast over the years. In fact, I and let, let, me, let me tell you one time, uh, I did it at um, Bulls Gap, Tennessee, and I did okay. it up at uh, US 36. I ran the camera and hosted the broadcast at the same Waikini, time. Waikini, you did it. Out Waikini. I did it at Waikini, yeah. d- too, didn't I? Yeah. Hey, a uh, big weekend. At- Can you imagine doing that, Trenton? Bro- uh, uh, hosting the broadcast yeah. and running the camera at the same time. That'd be a new one. I've never done that before. So, yeah. 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 Hey, uh, you got a, uh, up at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Is this weekend a big weekend for dirt late models, right? Yeah, that's that's where I'm headed. I'm leaving Wednesday morning. I'm going to Fountain City, Wisconsin. So. Looking forward to that. That's the third annual Dairyland Showdown, and there's a whole bunch of money paid out there. Um, Fifty thousand to win on Saturday night. The whole whole weekend's over three hundred thousand dollars. So it's uh, it's it's going to be going to be wild. It'd be their season opener too. It had some bad weather persisted up there, and dealt with a little bit of flooding, not at the facility, but on the the one road that leads into the facility. Uh, that runs along parallel to the Mississippi River right up there had had flooded a little bit right in town. So that's all supposed to be subsided. So looking forward to that. Um, got a great, great crew going to be there at Lakeside. And I hate to 
I said, I don't, I don't ever miss USMTS races. It's been a long time since I, there's been, they've had one that I haven't been to. So, so you're not going to be there this weekend. Kind of weird. Uh-uh, no, I'm, I'm going to Wisconsin. I'm leaving Wednesday morning. Oh, wow. How about that? Yeah. I, I, I'm shocked that you're not going to be at They're the USMTS race. They're part of the racetrack up there now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just tend, tending to some other stuff up there. So, um, felt like felt like one of us probably ought to be up there. It's all business. With that new Mel Hamilton Ford production van, uh, you know, stick built the inside of that thing out, and we'll have it there this weekend. So, he felt like he probably ought to stay with production. So, I'm. I'm logging the miles this weekend, which is is fine. It's so totally stick fine. stick will yeah, be I'm, out here. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to to going. So yeah, cool. All yeah, right. I hate to miss Lakeside, but it is what it is. Trenton, uh, we're visiting with Trenton Barry from RacingDirt.com. If you want to watch the best USMTS coverage, you can only do so at RacingDirt.com. They are the streaming provider for usmts and they do such a good job over there man so can't appreciate it how much you do over there but you, you guys are working hard a lot harder than i'm working let me tell you something uh, uh, let me okay. t- let me tell you something about this weekend trenton okay yeah so, so Flo, they they send me this big giant tote how much does that thing weigh kirk about 80 pounds it took every bit of both of us to Put it in your rig. Let, let me tell you something. I carried that tote up upstairs at Lake Ozark Speedway. I carried that tote up both flights of those stairs. And then yeah, I had. Which are I, narrow. And, and they're very narrow. And then mm-hmm. I when I got up to the top, I had Alan Staley help me get it up onto the roof. Well, good for Alan. I couldn't have got it up that ladder by myself. He wasn't there Saturday night, though, to help you. He was at I-70. He was at I-70 Saturday night, yeah. Hey, Trent, before we... they send you the camera and everything? No, I used my own camera. Okay. But everything else, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what would you think of our draft before we let you go? Those TVU units are pretty cool, man. Yeah, they're they're a direct competitor to what we're using. I'm I'm pretty fond of what we what we got rolling they're, here. But they're I've expensive, heard that. expensive. They're twenty thousand dollars. Those TVU <laughs> units. Oh yeah. So there's there's other stuff in the market that's that price too. So yeah. There's uh there there's there's a whole bunch of good stuff out there right now. So yeah. what do you think of the Chiefs draft? Yeah, I I think I mean. So we obviously raced the the two nights where you could have really got dialed in on it, but we were I was staying up with it as best I could. The real tragedy of the weekend was I couldn't even get my ESPN app to load on my phone while I was in the infield. I wanted to keep one eye on it, but uh, the uh, I mean they got so their first three picks were the three players I wanted, uh, you know positions, not necessarily players, but three the three positions I felt were the, the biggest need for the Chiefs were their. First three picks, so that was good. What do you think about that wide receiver? Yeah, hey, perfect. I hope he's got a big ego and a big mouth, so uh, he'll, he'll back it up with some swagger. We, we need somebody that's we somebody's need, got some juice. Yeah, I'm tired of having quiet wide receivers. I need somebody who's brash. That and, runs their lips. Yeah, absolutely do. And so here's the thing with the Chiefs. They'll – They'll keep him quiet and under control. So I just I just need him to have that attitude internally, you know. Yeah. Those 
Absolutely. You want you want a receiver that's going to be a dog, and that's if you can. They receivers are never that way unless they got a little attitude and edge to them. That that, just, that, that you know, rec- receivers and cornerbacks are all kind of one and the same in that regard. That kid is pretty damn good, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. And you know what? SMU is a pretty good program to come from. And um, the neat part was is that was one of the ones Patrick worked out in Texas. Absolutely. They the Chiefs kept that quiet. Um, and never let that be known until after the draft. And that was actually the one Patrick text, texted each and Andy and said, said to go get him. That's so, my yeah, guy. Yeah. Hey, hey, let me, let me ask you, what'd you think of the K state kid grabbing that? Oh, kid? What a, hey, so, so what a great, uh, what a great pick for right in your hometown. The kid was from Lee summit. And right. Grew up a chiefs fan. And I mean, that thing, if, if this, if this cat can play at all, we're going to have, we'll have something special because he'll, He'll have uh, he'll have that swagger that you need on that that defensive line, and you know somebody that's all in with the Chiefs. I, what a what a great day Thursday had to been for for that for that guy. Yeah, we know? can't we can't pronounce his name. We'll just call him Felix. Felix. Yeah, that's fine. Fine with me. A new a Duke. I say it, Todd. I love, a, I just, Felix and Duke Azuma. There you go. But that's just yeah, how my – Good for you, Todd. You, you did brother. it. I heard a few. That sounds right. It is. I think that's how it will go. Hey, Trent, I, they, I'll just go with Felix. I'll there you go. Right. Hey, they even signed up what I think is cool, what all all teams do. But uh, my little hometown – I'm sorry. Okay. There you go. Go ahead with yours. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I had we had a kid from Piper High School, my little town. He got signed as a re- unrestricted free agent yesterday with the Chiefs and – from I mean, Piper. Awesome. Little pi- I mean, you know, he probably won't make the team, but hopefully maybe he can make the practice squad or something. But, you know, we're talking a school that just turned 5 eight. We're We're talking a very small school. So uh, right. to see that kid get signed yesterday was kind of cool. I mean, they were celebrating at Piper. So, I don't know. I dig the Chiefs picks all the way across the board. I, I, I think they did a, I had, I think they had a good draft, didn't I, they? I, I, I mean, I, sure. don't, I don't, I like the fact that this kid's 204 pounds coming out of college. Brett Veach does a really good job drafting people. He does. And you know, one of the things I thought they, so they didn't get to move up and, but they had, they said they had resistance. They wanted to move up on day one. They sure did. Which le- leads me to believe they were probably going for one of those receivers that went just right before the Chiefs got the pick. They took like three of them off the board. Right. But, but they had resistance from other AFC teams that didn't Absolutely. want to trade with the Chiefs. And so, then, which is co- was cool. That's kind of a neat sign of respect. But I liked on day two that, you know, they had all these picks, but they didn't have that many roster spots. So right. at some point they needed uh, they needed to package some stuff up to, to move up to get the guys that they wanted and I like that they did that on day two I thought that was a really smart use of their picks because like who cares if you don't get every single pick that you had going into the draft if you get your right. people it's all about it's all about who can make that team you know and that that's that's what really matters I, I thought that was good I liked as well speaking of the undrafted free agents one of their first ones they went after was a wide receiver that had yes. played at Missouri State. His name was Ty Scott. That's the kid. And kind of like, kind of, kind of like your boy. Was he the one from Piper? The no, but that kid that you're talking about is a very good. Uh, he was, he had some great so, film. What's his name there, Todd? But, or, you know, Ty, Ty Scott. Ty Scott's his name, and he played at Missouri okay. State, and he played under Bobby Petrino while he was there. So the kid's pretty good, I think. Obviously, you know, you one double A football to. To the NFL is a huge step, but um, I'm kind of like you, probably on the practice squad. 
but who knows, man? Going to give him a shot. Hey, That's all you can ask for, so I, I like that too. Chris said that the Chiefs are going to re-sign McKinnon in the morning tomorrow. I, I saw that report too. I, yeah, so I, I knew that he was. They were still negotiating with him, which would be, which would be great if if they do that. Man, he's. And I he, guess he's good, man. Uh, do you think Hopkins? I guess what Clyde good? becomes. Clyde becomes probably your third option at that point. Maybe uh, one of those guys that doesn't. Yeah, that listen. Let me let me tell you this about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That was that's a bust right there. Would you agree oh, yeah, with me there? Huh? At that yeah, high a pick. I, I tell you, he he was better. There was one of those games, Todd, you probably remember this too. I think it was the New Orleans game during COVID where they, they literally tried to rip him in two and he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> that, was, that was the game, actually. I and, I, and, and, man, he's just not quite been the same no. since he came back. I, I really, I, and I really feel I – don't, I don't want to throw cheap shots and throw stones at him because I really think that – Man, it's just not he's just not quite what he was before. Um, I don't think he was ever probably a first round pick. You look at that team he played with. They had Orgeron as a coach. Joe Burrow was on that team. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow was a quarterback. You had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase as your wide receivers. My God, that's like two of the top four or five best receivers in the NFL right now. <laughs> and they were on the same team with Joe Burrow throwing to them. Yeah. How how could your starting running back not look elite? in that scenario, you know, so I think they probably reached there. Um, I also, I also think that that, that injury against the saints, uh, ultimately in his career, probably not a, a great moment for him uh, that he had no, no control over for sure. Is, so. is he the biggest bust we've had in recent years? You think? Uh, so, so there was another linebacker they stretched on early in Beach's career. And I was trying to remember his name. Um, he went somewhere else, but they had another early running back or early linebacker that didn't pan out. And it, it was, it was either, it's either Clyde or this guy. And I cannot remember, I cannot remember his, his name off the top of my head. Well, not all of those lower round draft choices are going to work. Sometimes you make it, no. sometimes you don't. No. And I, I don't, you know, I think if you can get anybody past the third round that sticks, you've won, you know? Right. I, I think first, second, and third round, you you better be drafting players that can play. They're not all going to start, but they're be, they better they better darn well stick through at least a rookie contract. Well, you know, catastrophic injury. But you get past that, I think you're just rolling the dice. The way I've always felt about yeah. it. They did pretty good with Pacheco. Oh, they did wonderful. So the other one too, the, the one that everybody sleeps on right now that they did so good with was Trey Smith. That cat came out of the sixth round. Oh, no doubt. He is and a it's stud. Be huge money when he has to resign, and and I and I think Pacheco is the same way. But they've they've stolen two of them there on day three in the last couple of years, which is holy cow, uh, kind of unheard of. Brett Veach is really good at what he does. Beast, it, you Beast. know. I think I there's not one GM in the NFL I'd take over him. Not not, not one. Not right now. Beach. You know, I'm with Beach. you. I'm totally with plus, you. On plus, that. he's a big race fan. It, yeah, and he, and he loves racing, which is awesome. If yeah. you look at his draft picks, you know, 2018, Breland Sparks, or Speaks was his first pick. That's him. That's, it. that's and that, who it was. And that was his first pick, so I'll give him a break on he that. Was, he was a bust. He was a bust. And if, his second pick out of the day, you know, was the uh, Derek Nada. So, I mean, you know, not, I mean, Naughty. So, yeah. 
he he did fine. He just had a. I mean, if Nadi could just get through the injuries. Yeah, I mean that wasn't nobody's fault. I mean, but if you go through all of this guy's picks, he he had some really good picks. And then once 2019 kind of hit, every pick. I mean, McCole Hardman and Thornhill and Saunders. I mean, it just goes in Rashad Fenton. I mean, the nut. You know, is that it? It's amazing how many they actually did hit on. Creed Humphrey, my third favorite Chief, absolutely was a, was a third round draft pick. Creed yeah. Humphrey is the best center in football. He's a beast. I've got a Creed Humphrey jersey. I love it. I'm gonna tell you, if Felix is gonna work. I've seen enough of him uh, with K State. He's a versatile lineman. He can stop the run. He's, uh, you know, not maybe as big as maybe a lot of rush ends, but he's a football player. That's what I like about him. He Great. plays he's hard. Like, he's tough. Field. And he's tough. Yeah. So I think he's going to work. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Okay, Trenton, thanks so much for being a, a weekly guest for us here. Hey, who's on, doing your yeah. infield uh, interviews got, this weekend at Lakeside? Who's taking the place yeah. of Trenton Berry this weekend? So, so my man Pat Graham's coming to do those and work okay. the He's 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 coming to do it. We uh, He wasn't initially planning to come. Uh, but he wasn't going to race that weekend either. So once I, I called him and talked to him, and uh, Pat Pat's coming to do it. He's going to do the pre-race Q and A on Facebook, and he's going to leave the uh, the post-race recaps every night. And he's perfect for it. Pat's Pat's done so much infield work for us over the years, and then he kind of over the last couple of years we kind of transitioned him up into the booth as the as a color analyst, you know, for the races that he's able to come to, right? Um, which has has been fun too. And Pat Pat's so good in either role. He he ran last Thursday night at Fountain City um, in his USMTS car, but he just makes a few starts here and there with the USMTS. Uh, but man, really, really involved with the series and always watches the races and pays attention and comes to, you know, by the time the season's done, he probably comes to over half the races in person and, and works with us. So mm. uh, just a just a blessing to have that guy in our corner, man. I've been a huge Pat Graham guy for for many years, and he's he's a great broadcaster as well as a pretty pretty solid racer too. I see you're uh, down at Lucas Hole Speedway covering the uh, big open wheel classic down there this weekend. Yeah, yeah, on on Saturday. Michael Jackson's going to do that one for us. Um, that's our only one. They were going to supposed to be at Lake Ozark, too, but I don't, I don't know what happened. Something there, he got pulled off the schedule. So Michael's such anyway, a good guy. Whatever. So, M- Michael's such so a good guy. To, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he, he's looking forward to going there to Wheatland Saturday night to, to that race. So Yeah. No yep, doubt. just a busy time of the year, man. Okay, Trenton, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week, all right? You bet. See you guys. Take right. care. There you have it, Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com. If you want to watch the best USMTS coverage or USRA coverage, there's only one place to do it, and that's RacingDirt.com. Or better yet, if you're here in the Kansas City area, head on out there. The three big nights of racing, be there in person. And – the same goes with Lucas Hole Speedway. Are you going to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Thursday night, Friday, probably Thursday, Friday. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no. You're not going to go out activity. Saturday night. Saturday night, I'm going to be at the truck race at Kansas Speedway. Kansas That's Speedway what I'm Saturday doing. night. Oh, Kirk will be taking care of that for us. NASCAR Craftsman Trucks at Kansas Speedway on Saturday. Night. I've got. I'll com- try to get out I'm there going to be out there Friday. during the day, and then I've got company in town just that evening, but. I knew we wasn't doing a show or anything. Or I'm going to be, uh, I'll probably be at Lakeside. Yep. Uh, now, Saturday night at Lucas Hole Speedway, that's a big night. It's the annual 
It's the 12th annual Impact Signs, Awnings, and Wraps Open Wheel Showdown featuring the ASCS Sooner Region and Warrior Region Sprint Cars. We got Power Eye uh, Midgets going on down there and the non-wing uh, War Power Eye Sprint Cars going on down at uh, Lucas Hole Speedway this weekend. Yeah. So check that out. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody that tuned in to listen to uh, Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Kirk, who won down there this weekend, the Lightning Sprints? Uh, Chastity Younger. She is the reigning points champion of the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. She was honored, met her and her family down at the uh, banquet That's at where Pub I know 13 earlier this year. Very nice young lady. Yeah. And she uh, came through with the season opening win down there on Saturday night. She's got a good-looking race car, and and uh, she represented herself well at that banquet. Did I tell you that Bob Douglas told me that he's going to put me in a car this year? Oh, that'll be fun to watch. Uh-oh. You talk about being sore from walking up and down the stairs. No, man, I'm telling you, my they legs. They got one that you can fit in? You're going he says he's got a 16-inch seat that I can fit in. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing a little bit of weight. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking these shots. I got to do it, too. I might have to take shots, too. I got I to gotta lose my weight. Kirk just started taking his new it. medicine. I know it. Hey, uh, Ross Chastain is leading the race at Dover right now with 84 laps to go. We're in the last stage. Think he can do it? 83, Kurt. 83 to go, and I'd like to see, I see Christopher Bell's in the top five here, so I'd say uh, I'm going to pull for Bell before this And I want to remind everybody. I always pull for Bell. Right. He's running fifth, so I'll take and I want to remind everybody. Ty Gibbs. Be... Ty Gibbs is running fourth. Yeah. We Ty are... Gibbs is. Uh, I, I'm going to say this. I like Ty Gibbs because he doesn't take any crap off anybody. He'll throw a punch in a heartbeat. <laughs> I like Ty Gibbs a lot. Yeah, he's got an edge to him, doesn't he? He's got a little rough neck to him. Yeah. You know, it's so tragic. He lost his dad the night that he won the. Uh, yeah, that, that changes that, your that whole is, life. That, 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 that is so that crazy, hard. man. That changes your whole life as a. Coy. You know, that just changes your whole life um, as a young person like that. The and, night after he won the championship. Yeah. I mean. The night up. The yeah. night, the night up. up. Yeah, you wake up the next day and, and your dad's and gone. you find that out. You know, that's just. That's terrible. Yeah. So he's. Hey. I just want to remind everybody we're going to be out at Kansas Speedway this weekend. We're not certain of our broadcast schedule yet, but we're going to have it all covered for you. There's two races on Saturday, the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, Don 150 will get going about 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series uh, race will be at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Advent Health 400 for the NASCAR Cup Series on Sunday afternoon. Green flag just after 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And so we'll have it all covered for you out there this weekend. Looking forward to that. We don't know what our pre-race shows. We don't know what our schedule is as of yet, but we'll post that up on Racing Boys on our Facebook and Twitter pages and let you know what we're going to be doing. All right. 
Thanks again for everybody for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. Again, it's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you Saturday morning on Track Talk. stronger with rod and supply whether you are running industrial farming equipment or a race car rod and supply has the assortment of rod ends radius rods and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better giving you the edge on the track and saving you money contact rod and supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. we don't just sell them we race them rod and serving the racing community for over 30 years